You are listening to The Real Faith Stories Podcast, interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guest and hear their story. Chad Hawley, welcome to Real Faith Stories. Man, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Hey, Brian, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad that we met through, actually, we've met through Nexus, and we have a similar background, so it's great to uh, have a conversation with you with uh, a like-minded believer. Thank you. Well, your personal testimony is one of the most profound I've heard. Before we get into that chat, I would love for you to share some of your backstory with respect to where you grew up, how you came to faith, and the trajectory you are on in the pharmaceutical industry then the devastating news you received about your health, and what happened next. Yeah, Brian, so I grew up in Michigan, where I was born and raised, and my family grew up as as Christians, but I would say that, you know, some people define it as a religious spirit or self-righteous uh, type of belief system that just had a hard time engaging other believers in in community. And so at the age of 17, I got kicked out of my house and I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. So technically I was homeless. Thankfully, my older brother had a one bedroom apartment with his wife and they kind of took me in. And for a year, I worked three jobs. I worked a midnight shift at a gas station. I coached high school basketball. And at one point I was even a garbage man, which I hated. And so I did this for like a year and all my friends were having fun at college. So I decided to go there and I got in and I worked really hard. I worked my only on my way through college. And then towards the end of my time at Western Michigan University as an undergrad, you know, I was dating someone who's now my wife for 25 years and we gave our life to God. And when I did it, I was actually in one of the largest fraternities on campus and I happened to be the social of the fraternity which is responsible for putting together the parties with the sororities. So once I gave my life to Christ, I still lived in the fraternity house. And so I remember one night standing up in front of all the guys and I said, I need a moment (laughs) to talk to everyone. And they did say, go on, Chad. And I said, I gave my life to Christ and I professed my commitment to follow him during that moment. And you know, people were happy for me. They were my friends, but I don't think they really understood what I was talking about or what I was doing to the point where I remember there'd be fraternity parties and all you hear in this background sound was, you know, going in the background and I'd be literally studying and reading my Bible. My friends would come in, you know, they'd be either high or drunk and they'd say, Hey man, let's go. You know? And they're like, what are you doing? I said, I'm reading the Bible. Uh, cool, man. Cool. <laughs> you know, so that was like a major shift in my life and my commitment to Christ, which aligned my relationship with my wife and was a springboard for the next 20 years until something dramatically changed at 20 years. But that's a little bit of the background. Okay. So after college, what happened next? My wife and I moved to Maryland and we started life together and I got really involved in business and she was an occupational therapist and we just kind of learned how to do life. And then I just became inspired to be successful in business. I worked hard. I I flew up the ranks at Ford Motor Company. I'm not saying I got to executive level. I'm just saying that I got fast promotions, Mm -hmm. but I was bored with that. And I wanted to use my strongest gifts, which was 
influence and persuasion and communication. And so I got into the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, I got my master's degree as well, an MBA, and I had a lot of success in the pharmaceutical industry for over those 20 years and had four kids. And I was even bored in pharma to the point where I started other businesses just to appease my curiosity and creativity to use as an outlet. And so I did a lot of really cool things with business. Uh, and that's basically what happened. What types of jump off points were you creating when you were in pharma? What were those other interests? I'm just curious. So I've always been creative and I was I was rewarded in business for my creativity. In fact, it got to the point where there was even a criteria on a performance review of creativity. And I was I was like the only one that was always a five out of five. <laughs> if they could give me a six, I would have took it because I was always thinking outside the box to do different things. I even started a company called Favorcom, which was to increase people's favor and communication. And I did all these trainings and I loved to teach. I loved to help people. And so I would do these different things that just gave me excitement. And sometimes I would leverage my background in healthcare and I would connect certain people within healthcare so that they like business development and so they could connect with one another as well to actually be successful in their businesses. How did you uncover your identity and that whole area of creativity? Uh, my mom was a very creative person growing up. And she had a sense of humor with creativity. And that was something that I liked. My dad was always, for the most part, in sales. So, I, you know, I really got both of their best and I took both of their best and I applied it to what I did. But my real identity really just came apparent was about 20 years into marriage. But that's where everything in life just hit me upside the head. And I got diagnosed with cancer and I wasn't even sure I was going to make it. Well, let's talk about that. Tell me what led up to that moment and what happened after that. So about four years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer and I had two surgeries. And at the end of the second surgery, the doctor said, Chad, this is a critical point in your life because we're going to do a scan in 30 days. And if we find that it's already spread in 30 days, it's not good. You know, your prognosis is not good. So 30 days went by, I got a call from the doctor. And unfortunately, he said to me, Chad, I'm sorry, but it's already spread. And in that moment, I was like, gosh, am I going to die? And I have, you know, my wife of, I think, about 20-ish years at that point, we had a great marriage. I had four amazing children. And all I could think about is how this was going to affect them. And so, you know, up until this point, I had peace that passed all understanding but not anymore. At this point, it was too heavy to bear. Mm. And so I went into a depression for a couple of days and I went before the Lord and I said, God, why did you create me? That's the only question. I wasn't even going down the road of what can I do? Who can pray for me? What type of scripture verse should I shout or declare? It was, I needed that answer. And I guess subliminally, I don't know, maybe I thought if I got an answer, then maybe I could hold a God accountable for keeping me alive versus me doing something to save myself. Interesting. And I got this idea that came to my head. And at the time, I just I just moved on it as if it was an idea from God. Now I look back, I know it was, but it was this idea that I was going to create a social network for Christians to connect together, learn together, and achieve together God's purposes in society. And we were going to organize by this concept called the seven mountains of influence. And 
I took this idea. I went on my computer. I wrote a script, a voice script. I made a 90-second movie trailer about the future of my life with this idea in mind. I did voiceovers and animations and logos, and I created this video, and I submitted it to my inner circle of people. My intent was that I was focused on my future versus death. And when I did this, instead of thinking about death, I was thinking about life. I was thinking about my future. And I wanted my inner circle to know where I was so they could agree with me that I would live and not die. At this point, I was supposed to get chemo, radiation, and a third surgery to cut out part of my tongue just to keep me alive. What kind of cancer did you have? It was in my throat. I had... I had two surgeries in my throat. I had my whole lymph node chain and a part of my neck ripped out. I had surgery inside my throat. And then that's when they wanted to do a third surgery. Wow. And you spoke and trained for a living. Yes. Let me just circle back to the moment you went into depression, went in your room and just sat there and asked God, why did you create me? How long were you in that state? And what happened when the Lord spoke to you? I went into a deep depression for a few days, Mm -hmm. maybe two, maybe three. And then I was like, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. So I can't just stay like this. I can't, I could have done it for myself, but I couldn't have stayed there for my family. I couldn't stay there for my wife and my kids. Mm -hmm. And they were more important to me than I am to me. And so when I got this idea, I began to create, I began to imagine with God. And that's where it started to lift because I was really thinking about the future because I didn't want to think about death. And I was like, a, it was almost like a distraction. And so I just jumped on the distraction. It's not as though God directly told you, this is why you're created per se. He gave you an idea that was totally connected to that purpose. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, there's so many different ways that God can speak to us. I've been very fortunate. I've had God speak to me in so many interesting and fascinating ways that are so supernatural that cannot be explained that only points that there is a living God. Mm. And in this case, that was how he spoke to me was he spoke to my mind because that was the question I asked him and he answered me and filled my mind with the answer. Give another example, if you would, Chad, of some supernatural ways God has spoken to you, please. Yeah. So uh, because I'm in business, I I love this story. So uh, a couple years ago, I was sick for a different reason. I had Lyme disease and uh, it was April of that particular year. And I was so sick. I couldn't work. I couldn't take care of my family. I was concerned about what I was going to do. We just moved into a bigger house and I went to sleep and I had a dream. And I had the most fascinating dream. I'm not going to tell you the dream for the sake of time, but I'll tell you this the sum of the dream is that the Lord showed me in the dream that a Christmas in July was coming and it was going to be a gift from the Heavenly Father. And so I got up, I went out to the back deck, I took my whole family, I reenacted the dream so much so that it was part of the dream is that I was being given money. And so I gave money to my kids and I said, the father gives good gifts to his children. And I feel that God is going to financially bless us in July of this year. So carried on a few months go by, still struggling. My health starts to get a little bit better, but business is bad. And then suddenly on July the 1st, I get a phone call and someone calls me and says, are you doing this particular thing with this particular business, even though it had dried up? And I said, yes. I am. And that was years ago. And I'm still benefiting 
residual income from that many years ago <laughs> where the Lord showed me in advance. And what he showed me was that God is also in business. He also showed me that he is a good father and that I did nothing of my own skills, nothing of my own abilities to earn the business and income, but it was all him. And it was such a valuable lesson. So powerful. How many years was that before you were diagnosed with cancer? Ooh, it was probably a couple years before that. And that was, it sounds like one of your businesses that you actually created on the side, right? Yep, correct. That's so amazing. And I've had that experience as well, where God just drops something on you financially. And you know, you did nothing. You did nothing. He just gave it to you. Isn't that incredible? I love it. I've had it happen so many times. And so the benefit of this, Brian, is especially when we get older, these peaks and valleys of our lives, if we examine them, we will find that there's trends in these milestones of our life that will predict our future. So when we're in a valley now, like I'm, when I'm in a valley now, my response to it is so different than when the first time I was in a valley. I freaked out the first time. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, man, Lord, do this so many different times. I'm going to rest. Mm. So powerful. Let's go back now to your story. You were given a, a prognosis where they're going to have to cut out a portion of your tongue. And then you created this video, this 90-second trailer, shared it with your circle. What happened next? So th- the Lord began to do what I, I felt like he was at work. And it was so many different things that divinely led up that gave me clues in my soul and my wife's soul that the Lord was going to save me from this. And I remember being in a meeting in Washington, D.C. and sitting in a room with one of my friends and mentors. His name's Lance Wallnell. And I was sitting there and I asked the doctor, I remember emailing him and saying, what percent chance do you really think this is cancer? Again, he responded. And I was sitting in the Lincoln Memorial Room at the Trump Hotel, and he said 95 or either 99%. Mm. And I was devastated because I remember, you know, Lance was talking about purpose and identity and future. And I'm like, this means nothing to me because apparently I'm dead. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was supposed to go home and get the surgeries two days later. And then supernaturally, through the help of God and my wife, we got a hold of some specialist at MD Anderson in Houston, Texas. So we decided to go there and they had 11 appointments lined up for me. They could have made a million dollars off of me. I walked into the very first visit with the specialist. My wife was in the exam room. He looked at me and he looked at one of the reports. He says, Chad, I don't think there's anything wrong with you. Whoa. My wife and I were stunned. And so he said, I'm going to order an ultrasound just to verify it. And he sure enough, he orders it, comes back clear. And that was four years ago. Wow. What a mind blow. What went through your heart and mind when you heard this? It sounded like, you know, disbelief at first. I wouldn't say unbelief, but Mm -hmm. I would say stun. And it took, I took a while to process like, wait, what? What, what, what? Like it just kept saying, what? For, for quite a bit of time. And then that's, that was it. And then when I was like, man, I, I think God's called me to do something and I need to do it now. The interesting thing is though, Brian, it was like when I got the idea, I felt anointed, but then God still did not call me to do the idea yet for almost four years. Wow. It's kind of like the story in the Bible where David got anointed to be king, but then he went through hell before he 
became a successful king. Mm-hmm. And so even after cancer, the storm was even heavier on our life and it was terrible. It got worse. Just a series of things came at us. And then finally, last year, one year ago, almost today, on August the 18th, the Lord released me to launch the Nexus Mountain Network, which is the idea that he gave me when I thought I was dying of cancer. So it was four years between the time you made that 90-second trailer and the release came for you to start building out Nexus. Yeah, and it's amazing because it's approximately that time period. Mm -hmm. And I still have this video, and it's very sentimental to me and personal to me because everything that I put in that video is almost identical to what has manifested in this Nexus Mountain Network that is now one year old. And you also wrote a book, didn't you? Yeah, so purpose is like, you think about the story. If you hear the story, you're like, man. So what other title could I write except for a title that says purpose will save your life? So I took my experiences in the background. I was in pharmaceutical like you. At one point, I was the national sales trainer for the largest the second largest pharma company in the world. So I had developed these skills and developing curriculum. So I took the supernatural of God with my background in business and training and development and put together a book that will walk people through how to find their purpose and what steps to take now. And so to the point where I can even teach them how to write their own movie trailer about the future of their life. Tell me the feedback you've gotten on this book. How's that been implemented by some of the readers? I think when I hear the feedback, the level of detail that they give me feedback on tells me I've hit the spot that I was trying to hit. And I hit that mark because I wanted to be very, very different. I wanted to be practical. I wanted to give them simple solutions to do something versus just a nice book to read and then put back on the shelf where they walk away with something. And so I I actually added technology to the book where most chapters have a QR code that is at the end and they can take their phone and they can fill out some information and they can actually go to that next level. It's not going to solve all your problems, but it will give you for sure, this is what I need to do next to achieve what God's called me to do. Previously in our conversation here, you alluded to looking over the milestones of your life and how that's an indicator of some of the key pieces that God would want you to see in terms of your purpose, correct? Yeah, so that's chapter two of the book. So for example, here's a biblical example. If you look at the the life of Joseph and you drew a horizontal line across a piece of paper, and then you wrote little descriptions about the great moments of his life, and then you wrote a little description about the terrible moments of his life, and you put the great moments on, on top of the horizontal line, and then the bad moments at the bottom of the horizontal line, these are would be your peaks and valleys. And then if you studied and analyzed Joseph's life, you'd see some trends. For example, he was called to be a leader, but in order to be a leader, he had to have certain things happen. So trends in his life would be dreams, betrayal, and leadership. And it showed up in the peaks and the valleys. And so then if you analyze his life, and we get to now is that we would see that he was called to be a leader and those were predictors of his future. And so we can take that example and say, okay, what's happened in my life? What kind of trends are in my life to know where I'm going and what things that I'm experiencing that were for his purposes versus just happenstance? What a powerful tool. What's another component of the book that you may want to share here? So one of the things that I have is this concept about seven mountains. I learned this from uh, Dr. Lance Wallnow, but 
I have taken it a step further. And so inside our app, our Nexus Mountain Network app, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, is a free assessment. And so what the seven mountains are is seven categories that shape culture. And so a lot of people struggle with, they go to church, but then they don't know what to do next. And so this is one of the ways to help identify who am I, where am I supposed to go? And so inside of our app, they can take this free assessment. It's about eight minutes long. It's all automated. And then they get a report that says what their primary and secondary mountain callings are during this season of their life and gives them descriptions, biblical examples, and then modern day examples for that. That's all in the book as well. It's terrific. I took that and it was right on. Oh, good. Yeah. Were you business media or what were you? I was business and media. Business first, media second. All right. See, I guess right. You did. (laughs) So that was a powerful tool and thanks for putting that together. Let's pivot now and talk about the Nexus Mountain Network, please. So this has been a beautiful thing. It's one year old. We weren't sure where it was going, but this is one of the things, if God's called you to do something, just do it. The only thing that matters is your yes. Ecclesiastes says the sum of the matter is your is really your obedience. So I knew that this is what we were supposed to do. What I didn't do was define what success looked like. You and I come from business backgrounds. We had sales goals and those determined our success. But when you're looking at purpose, success is determined by obedience, not what we decide the results are. So for example, if someone is called to run for a political office, the success is that they give God their yes, and they give it their best. And it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win. It might be a setup for something else. So this is what we did. And so we went all in. We developed this beautiful state-of-the-art app that can be downloaded for free on either Apple or Google. Again, it's Nexus Mountain Network. And the app itself has capabilities like LinkedIn, Facebook, podcasts, training tools. We do events and et cetera. Now, we are not an app. We are not a social media organization. We are a network of people who happens to have an app that helps us succeed. And so, for example, one of the greatest recent successes we had as a network of people is recently we had my wife uncovered the promotion of pedophilia, rape, and incest at a local high school. And because of our network of people, we were able to move so fast. Within 48 hours, we had the initiative stopped. In the high school, a week later, a group of us were collaborating and giving fiery speeches in front of the school board in downtown Charlotte, North Carolina, causing change. So this would be an example of us coming together and fulfilling God's purposes in society. Our three pillars for the X Mountain Network are connect together, learn together, and ultimately achieve together. And so obviously the seven mountains are the focal points for the connectivity. And then you have an opportunity to connect with people that are like-minded within that network, correct? Yes. We created the technology when I was doing my investigation. One of the things I had to have was the ability to search like a LinkedIn type feature. And so now we have downloads in 20 nations, over 20 nations around the world. And you can go in and you can actually use search filters to find, let's say I want a business mountain person in Arkansas, or I want a religion mountain person in Singapore. 
or whatever that may be, is that you can use this technology to find other Christians, to collaborate with other Christians, to quickly get something done. And so there might be an initiative where maybe there's an election coming up. We can send push notifications just to a particular region so that everyone is unified. And so now more than, we're going to get more and more towards Christians are going to be more censored. And so we don't have to censor Christians inside the Nexus Mount Network. We can say what we want to say. We can share our beliefs and unify. And that's one of the benefits. Powerful. So tell everyone how they can get this app, please. So first, it's free. Some people think I'm trying to sell something. I have personally financed this myself, knowing that I'm counting on the Lord to financially bless us to pay for the technology. If people like it, they can, of course, they can donate to help us pay for the cost. But all you have to do is go to your Apple store or your Google store or Play store and download Nexus Mountain Network. You can also sign in on the web by going to nexusmountainnetwork.com. Okay. And how can people get your book? So it also can be found at nexusmountainnetwork.com. It can be found in the app, and it's also available on Amazon. Now, you've been on quite a few podcasts expressing all of this information, sharing it with people. What are you finding to be the greatest question that you encounter so far? I think some people are like, okay, what's the point? And where we want to go, we've developed a prototype in Charlotte, North Carolina, with like an example I just shared with you. Mm -hmm where we want city-based communities organized by the Seven Mountains. So ultimately where we're going as we grow is ability to have cities rally around with one another because ultimately cities and states cause so much change in this nation. And so to be able to have a community to organize and rally with a moment's notice is where we ultimately want to grow. We need more people to jump on the network so that we have those people to connect with where we'd like to develop leaders within those cities to do what we're doing in Charlotte. Now, what would you say to somebody who's going through a difficult, challenging season right now in their lives? Uh, Take my story (laughs) and let the testimony of Jesus be the spirit of prophecy for your life. I would recommend my book, honestly, because it'll help you analyze the situation with you're in and give you guidance on what to do in this particular moment or this particular situation that would either pull you out or have you capitalize on the moment in time that you're in right now for a learning opportunity as well. And I would also reinforce something you said, Chad, and that is the challenge you may be going through might be a setup for something else God wants to do, right? Yeah, people said that to me all the time when I was going through hell, and I liked it for a season of time, and then <laughs> I didn't like it anymore when I was like, "Nah, this is getting serious. Mm-hmm. The good news is, is I can look back and say it's true. As we finish, I would love to have you pray for our listeners, please. So, Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We just appreciate your Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us every day. And, Lord, we ask for a clarity on purpose for those that are saying, I don't know what to do next. I need help. That's Chad's story. That's special for him because he's on some kind of podcast. Nope, that was not the case for me. And so, God, I ask you to bless the people that are listening to this, give them strategy, and have them connect with the right people with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Chad, thank you so much for sharing your story. So powerful. Thanks, Brian. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. 
Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.